Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Expressions the Podcast, Season 2, Episode 20. And today, we have a very special guest. We have a Canadian that is living in the United States, a maker of things, a photographer, a host, and a mom, Debbie DeMarvin. Hi. Hi, Debbie. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you tonight? Excellent. Excellent. I'm so happy that you could be here. Um, I've been a fan of your work for for some time, and I have some of your work uh, that keeps people safe. So I know um, for for our fans and uh, and listeners here, Debbie is a, a maker of things with uh, she uses a power tool with a needle and thread <clears throat> to make things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but before we jump into talking too much with Debbie, I want to see how my co-hosts are doing here tonight. Uh, Brian, how are you this evening? I'm <clears throat> very excited. I've had an interesting day. Uh, I'm buying a car, which is a very big deal for me. Uh, my wife actually needs a new car to get to work every day. She drives about 45 minutes each way every day. So she's been driving this old 2009 car for nine years or so. And uh, it's a little long in the tooth. So we're finally making an upgrade. And, and you know how hard it is to find a car these days. I've been looking for months. And finally, <clears throat> it's like the stars are aligning and this really cool little uh, vehicles come along. And hopefully it'll work out. We'll find that out tomorrow. But as of now, the excitement is there. So, you know, bleh, my vocal diarrhea, I just had to say. Love it. I love and it. number two, I think it's really cool that you say she's a maker. Debbie is a maker of things uh, and she's a mom. So, yes, she's a maker of things, but she's also a maker of humans, which yeah. is like this is. perpetuating maker of things. So that's pretty that's awesome. Right. That's right. It's like the ultimate craft. Sort yes. of. <laughs> the craft that keeps on giving. Perfect. <clears throat> Perfect. And Ryan, how are you this evening? Oh, you guys know me. I'm always doing well, living the dream as always. Uh, I'm still, I'm laughing at Brian, who every episode, it seems, he's got to come up with a great joke off air and then has to find a way to work it into the on air. (laughs) (laughs) And I just come up with bad jokes while we're on air. So that's just a good pair. Bad on air in general. So, I mean, all together, we're we're falling apart here, guys. We're we're, we're a free team. So it's good to have Debbie here to hold us all together tonight. Exactly. (laughs) That's no, why we have a guest. Get to know Debbie and get to, to hear more about your stories, though. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Debbie, if you could uh, just for for I gave Brian and Ryan a, a little um, sort of tidbit into some of the things that you make, um, and uh, if you could uh, just give us a a quick. So you've you've got a a, a store on Facebook, which is uh, uh, what, what's the name of the, the <laughs> it's store? Debbie DeBear Maker Maker of Things, and my last name is spelled with a. M-A-E-K-E-R. So maker is M-A-E-K-E-R of things. And so it's a play on words, of course, on my last name. And because I do all kinds of stuff, I couldn't narrow down what I make. So we got maker of things. Awesome. So I... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I started with quilts is how I started making with the sewing machine. I started 13 years ago. Was my kids going to turn 13 this year? Wow. Um, and Time so flies. it just, yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I got started because I had, I was actually doing pottery and one of my friends got pregnant and said, do you want to do a class with me? So I said, sure, why not? Turns out I turned out to be pregnant too. So oh, <laughs> I did that class too. <laughs> Perfect. So that's, that's cool. So, and that was pottery that you were doing at the time yes okay so when you you start do you still do pottery no i haven't done it since then oh okay so pottery and um when when you were first making things that that i saw that caught my eye you were making quilts 
Yes. Um, and now uh, quilting is is definitely uh, um, it's a skill set that not many people have that many many people can do well. It's sort of one of those art forms. I think is it is it a pass on art form or is it is there is there classes you can take in quilting or? Oh, you can definitely take classes in quilting. I actually had someone to my house last week who wanted to learn how to use her sewing machine. But you can still get classes like there's quilt shops all over and they all offer classes or at least know people who will offer classes. So I say even if you haven't done it as a kid or your grandma hasn't done it, or your mom hasn't, done it, it doesn't matter. None of my family was very um, crafty with a sewing machine. And I still went ahead and took classes and learned how to do it and have gone from there. And it's gone. I don't know. I, have, I don't even have a count on how many quilts I've made. I was just going to say, like, I, uh, this is one of the few conversations I actually can talk about because I grew up in a quilting family. Uh, yeah, my, my stepmom absolutely adored quilting. She took it to a level that I've never seen any. I'm assuming you might even be in the same boat where she had a full quilting room. And anytime you walked in there, there could be six quilts hanging up. She'd be working on 10 different things at once. The amount of different <laughs> materials. And it was insane the amount of stuff that I saw in that, uh, in that room. And to Mark's point about is there classes or things like that. She always was doing these different events like quilting. To, I'd never realized until I was a kid, obviously growing up, seeing just how big that, that market is and how much of a community is in the quilting world. It's crazy. Yeah. We have a lot of, um, a lot of fun with quilting. Um, the, I know this is audio, but I was, showing my camera around because I have a room full of fabric and quilting supplies and there's a quilt on my sewing machine that needs to be quilted and <laughs> I, it, I'm, I'm like I'm here yeah I got my stuff and it's right here and I've been working on it it's basted and ready to go it just needs to be quilted <laughs> and I got a mess and it's so much fun and so much fabric and it makes me happy it inspires you just looking around and seeing the stuff too I'm sure Oh, yeah, especially when I don't have to go to a quilt shop to, you know, pull some fabric because I have a wide selection on my shelves. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, that's giving me flashbacks. That's giving yep. me some flashbacks right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny, um, right at the beginning of the pandemic when Debbie started making masks, uh, she started making masks for all of her friends and families and mm -hmm. uh, and, and things, and she was sort of, people were asking, I know I, know I asked, and we did a we did a Skype one night, and you were in front of all that fabric, and you were pulling fabrics because for me at the time I wore a suit, so you were pulling fabrics that would like match my suit or mm -hmm. or something like that. And then you you give me a couple of fun ones. I've got a Star Wars one and a, and one with cameras on it that you made me. Yep. Uh, so that was really cool. And and we're not talking; they're not just like a single fabric. They had filter pockets, and you know, um, you, you you had us like my wife is measuring my face and. Yeah, the, the uh, metal, the wire piece in the nose so that you could pinch it on the nose. Like, it wasn't just like a a, a quick mask. It was a, a very thought-out, well-built mask. And, uh, you know, I still I still use them every day. So, um, you know, and they've lasted obviously this long. You just throw them in the, in the laundry. So, Brian has a question. Um, yes, Brian. <laughs> okay. Um, is there a mask that you can make that doesn't have the metal? Do you see this right here? Yeah. No. Do you see this thing I got right here coming off my face? This massive thing called a nose. <laughs> oh, God, um, God, I didn't even see this, that there. This this whole thing that I got right here. Uh -huh. um, by the end of a day, I mean, we all work retail here. By the end of a day, wearing two masks now because this is my brain. Um, 
I have basically, it looks like the front of my nose is pinched in like this. Oh, there goes Dixie. Uh, <laughs> so by the end of the day with the metal band and my nose looking like this, I come out looking like some sort of, um, what are those uh, guys on Star Star Trek? The With the wharf and all those guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. you know what I'm saying. Klingon, I look like a Klingon. That's what it is. Anyway, um, do you is there like a, a way to make a mask? Like I end up having to turn these things upside down. So the cloth thing is up here. For okay. people it, with me that are nose challenged? There are masks out there that do that. I have a friend who was making some of those because she's Asian and she doesn't have much of a nose bridge. So she, so she was making them. And so, yes, there's patterns out there to make them without the nose piece in them. I want to sidetrack for a quick second. Funny little thing. Uh, our friend Navi, she like one of the first times she met me and she was working with me, she had to touch my nose because she <laughs> she's like, you have cartilage up. That's hard. I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with you? She's like, I don't have a nose. I was like, I didn't even realize that before she said that. But yeah, yeah. it's funny. <laughs> Because she's Asian, I just had to, you know, clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured it was gonna be on. Yeah. yeah, Navi will be a guest on. We actually tried to have her on to talk about NFTs and stuff like that, but yeah. that, that's still to come. Anyway, sorry. Perfect. Yeah. So, so Debbie, how, how many masks did you make through throughout the pandemic so far? Um, or in twenty twenty, you made. Um, I did it mostly between twenty twenty and February twenty twenty one. That's when everyone started to um be able to get them online or buy them in stores they the supply was much stronger by february 2021 so i stopped then um so in that year i made over 15 uh, 1500 up and i don't know if i made up to 2000 wow and I took, no with my sewing machine not by oh. hand <laughs> <laughs> no sewing machine a power tool <laughs> power tool the needle yeah yeah um and with that, I also took only donations for the quilts or for the um, masks. And I donated to my local shelter home. No, not shelter home. The local, um, it's called Helping Hands Clinic. It's where people go with um, without medical insurance and stuff. And they can go there to get medical care. I sent them some and to our local food bank. I sent them the money that I made from them. Nice job. Nice job. Yeah. And, and when Debbie sent me my care package of masks, we reciprocated by sending, we sent, what did we send you? Shreddies and Smarties. Yes. I think it was a full, full on Canadian. Well, we hadn't been able to get back to Canada because of COVID. Yeah. So we needed some fixes. Yeah. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Non-American things. Smarties. I always forget yeah. that. Smarty Shreddies. And I, was there something else I sent you? I have Kit Kats or something or, or arrows. There was another chocolate, well, I think. Yeah. The Kit Kats definitely are different down here. Yeah. <laughs> Was that right? So maybe some Kinder Surprise. Apparently, those are illegal down in the states. They are illegal. I would not ask what? them to send them. They are. How is that even? Yeah, they're illegal down there. You cannot have food inside or a toy or an object inside food, and because Kinder eggs are a closed unit, that means the food is in or the toy is inside the food. But they're hardly considered food. Yeah. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but that, that's where they fit in. And like with the king cakes, they also sell the baby separately to put in the cake because they can't sell it with the in the food. Mm. The what? The what cake? King cake. The king cakes. It's... it's a New Orleans thing. Oh, cool. Or cool. body gras and stuff, I think. Probably yeah. well, we just ask you about different foods now that are might not be possibly <laughs> illegal in the states. We, I, we, can, we have a whole list. 
that we could do a show just on that. We have <laughs> yeah. a whole list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'm sure there are things that when you come back to visit in Canada, by the time you get back down uh, to your home in, in – because uh, you're in uh, North Carolina, correct? Yes, North Carolina. So when you get back down there, I'm sure there are things that you're like, oh, I've missed this while I've been been home in Canada, that type of thing. Well, we only go home for like two or three weeks at a time, so it's not quite enough time to miss it. But I think there would be things I'd miss if I was home for like six months or something. Yeah, yeah. Ketchup potato chips. I don't miss those. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. I didn't like them. I miss the all-dressed chips. They don't have all dressed either. What no. do they have? Just like nacho chips. They they tend to go for straight spicy, not yeah. not not savory. Excessively so they got hot. like jalapeno flavored and stuff. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I want savory, not spicy, spicy. Right. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of when you when you're traveling through the states. I find when you when you go into like snack shops, there's a lot of everything is hot. It's like mm-hmm. all the flaming hot jalapeno, mm-hmm. you know, habanero, all that like. I'm not sure if you guys could hear that. <laughs> no, I was gonna say you look very concerned for a minute there, Mark. With a treat ball, and she's rolling it back and forth behind me, and oh, <laughs> waiting, for, waiting for treats to drop out of it. The way uh, you just sort of slowly alluded to the side, I'm like, is somebody like coming at Mark right now? You you look very concerned. Just well, uh, if, if anybody that watched last week's show will will laugh because up there there was a spider, and I had <laughs> watching him. He's, he's moving, and I'm like. I'm not so much scared of spiders. What I was afraid of was that I would actually lose a visual on the spider because no, nobody's really afraid of seeing a spider. They're afraid they'll stop seeing the spider before. They- <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I'm afraid of both. Just want to throw that on the record. I'm afraid was, of both. I managed to get him. I had to climb up on the desk and, and get him after the show. So. But you let him live. You, you put him outside. And no, he, no, he he's in the house. Him. He died. <laughs> All right. Fine. Yeah. So, they're okay. fair game if they're I, inside. I email from PETA. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend who, the same friend actually, who called me and had me come over to her house while she watched a spider so I could come over and kill it for her. Yeah, I'd be that friend. I'd yeah. be that friend who would be like, hey, can, uh, can you come over real quick? Uh, <laughs> I've got this eye on the spider. Uh, I can't stop looking at it. You need to come fix this. <laughs> My wife does that. From anywhere in the house, I have to go. Anyway. Yeah. Awesome. So, I Jack. Yeah, squirrel <laughs> or spider. All right, perfect. So some of the quote. This is on uh, Debbie. This is on your your Facebook page. Yes. Um, and um, so now this is something else. This is I thought this was like the coolest thing. Um, so it, for for the because we do video and audio, so this actually goes out on YouTube as well. Okay, good. Um, but for the viewers, they're going to see the picture. But for the audio people, could you explain what we're looking at here? All right, so this is actually one of my booths that I have, and these are, it's full of um, rope bowls that I have made. I started that in February 2021 when the masks demand went down. Um, So these bowls are made out of 100% cotton rope and my sewing machine with a zigzag stitch. So that's the basic of those. Now, uh, of course, there's different ones with different fabrics and different things that I've used to decorate them, but yeah it's a lot of fun (laughs) and they're they have the um instant gratification of creativity because one of those bowls could take me well some of them take me under an hour some of them take me a little more than an hour but a quilt can take me a day or multiple days to weeks so these are fun and done things that i can make and that's why I started selling them because I kept making them and <laughs> couldn't just keep giving them away. <laughs> so I started selling them and that's what created my um, Facebook page and stuff. So I had a spot to put them. 
You know, it's pretty good when you just have to start selling stuff because you just run out of space. I do. <laughs> you, you know, you love it when. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, have I also. Two... I have two large totes of them in my car right now because I had a sale last week and I'm going to a sale this week. Cool. I love how you um, you said the instant grat uh, gratification of creativity. I love that because, yeah. I mean, there's some things that are, you know, you're in it for the long haul and it gets tiresome and, and you fall out of love of doing it. But when you have that instant gratification, you can just get that joy from creating something right there within an hour, as you say. Yep. Um, that's something that that more people will get into if they realize that, I think. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's great. You need that instant gratification, especially as a creator, because we're all over the place. I don't know about you, Debbie, but I'm like, I'm doing five or six things at once at the end of the day. I'm all these, and if I'm not doing five or six things, I feel like I'm wasting the time. So <laughs> Um, for us to have that kind of ability to just try all these different things, I think as a creator, that's super powerful. Yes. Cause I am, I am drawn all over the place all day, every day, even though I don't actually work, I am everywhere all over the place. So this is really nice to come downstairs at the end of the day and just sit and sew and then have something done. Awesome. Cool. And I love this one. It's uh, very whimsical. It's like a teacup and saucer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I just the patterns are neat, and I love the way that you've incorporated different types of rope into the into the pattern. Like the purple band across the middle is, so is really cool. The purple cool. is made with um, a half inch strip of fabric that I okay. wrapped around the the beige colored rope that's there, and so okay. all my rope comes on. I buy giant spools of this rope, and um, and it's all neutral, 100% cotton, and so I get the colors in there because of using different color threads. Because if you look at that teacup picture, the um, base plate, like the, the saucer yeah. part, is kind of tinged purple because that's from using purple thread. And then okay. that purple band is from wrapping fabric around it. And is that wrapped around the rope or wrapped around the cup itself? Wrapped around the rope. Okay. And that's actually what takes the longest about making them is when I start wrapping them like that because I literally hold it, flip it over, pull it out, flip it over, pull it out, flip it over so that it doesn't get tangled and stuff. So it can take a little while. Very Where cool, did yeah. you first learn about doing these? Like, was this something you saw somebody do and thought, hmm, I should try that? Or did you come up with the idea? <laughs> I did not come up with the idea. So with quilting, there's a lot of events and things that happen. And one of these things that happens is called a shop hop. And you go from quilt shop to quilt shop, and you just hop from shop to shop. And you go see what they are. You get a stamp and a passport, and then you can win prizes at the end. And so at one of these shops, which is actually just up the road from me, about half an hour away in Blowing Rock, is a, is a store called Mountain Thread Company. And when I was stopped there at one of the shop hops a couple years ago, because I've had this for a while, um, they had kits because this is what they do. She's the one who's um, developed this rope and has a manufacturer here in North Carolina. And it's a 100% cotton braided rope. And she orders it. And I buy it from her now and she had these kits available to make little bowls and i was like well that's a cute idea it's different than all the fabric i just bought at all these other shops i'll buy a kit and so then the kit sat on my shelf for a year or two before i actually pulled it out but once i pulled it out i didn't stop so maybe it was a good thing it took a little while that's awesome yeah all okay and it's it's funny because i i, I sit here and i can 
I, I'm not sure I've ever actually shown my wife pictures of these <clears throat> because I could see her looking at them going, oh, I could use one for this and, and one for this because they're, they're just, I, I can imagine things being stored in them or displayed in them or um, like you, you could, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Like, you know, Do they hold tea? No. Okay. But they can hold sure. a tea bag that's not been used. There you go. So actually, so, somebody suggested for the these um the teacup style ones. I actually only made two. I have to make another one. I haven't don't have any in my shop right now. Um, but for the tea ones, they're like you could totally put like little creamers in the bowl part, and then put like the little sugars on the um saucer part, and then have that in the middle of a tea service, or if you have people over for coffee or whatever. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that would be a really cute way of doing it. That could also be fun as like an April Fool's joke. Yes, that would be fun. You know, you put it right there and you expect them to do something <laughs> that they shouldn't. You never know. Yep. Yeah, That's kind of my brain. I'm sorry. I just go there. <laughs> <laughs> so my most popular ones seem to be these ones that I call trinket trays. And they're a little bit um, shallower. They're not near as tall. Actually, do I have one in arm reach? I do. So they're not as tall, but they're about inch and a half, two inches high. This one is 1.75 inches tall. And they're... That's really um, nice. Yeah, thanks. This is an exclusive to the show that I'm doing this weekend, this print. And I have it on a bunch of different... Whoops, I keep hitting my microphone, sorry. <laughs> um, It keeps... Uh, I, I've used it in a couple different ones. That's a show exclusive for the show that I'm doing. Anyways, but this is like a trinket tray is what I call these. And these fit perfectly. They'll fit a pair of glasses in there or change or keys or things that you empty out your pockets before you go to bed or when you first walk in the house. And so those seem to be my most popular. Those are cool. I like that. Yeah. That, and the reason I'm looking at that thinking that is really cool is because I have, I have a tricky tray, but it's uh it's glass and it's fallen a few times and it's beaten Ooh, up and yeah. I'm thinking that could fall and be cat attacked and it's not going to uh -huh. have a sharp edge to hurt yeah. me in the morning. A bunch of people have said, I have a puppy. And I said, well, if the puppy does get into this, it's 100% cotton. It's not really going to do any damage to them. That's good. <laughs> and then another one that I have been doing a fair bit of is coasters. And that's that same rope technique. It's the exact same rope technique where it's all zigzagged around. And um, yeah, they're washable because they're cotton. So Cool. That's yeah. cool, and, and you had like hot hot pot holders and and uh, and pads and stuff that I saw as well. I have I have like the microwave bowl cozies yeah. that can go in the microwave. Um, I had some insulator cup holders, and I had some jar openers. Those were other things that were at my my cellar booth that I have, and well, and all sorry. made with rope. Like mm, well, uh, those ones those ones are just fabric. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, the rope, uh, the, the way that you, uh, with the, obviously with the stitch that you're using and the way you can form the rope into, into the vessel, that's just cool to me. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a novel idea and you don't see them anywhere. Like it's, it's not like it's, you don't walk into a, a craft store somewhere or a, like a, a market and see stuff like this any, anywhere else. Like I just, it's something that I've never seen before you started making them and started posting them online. So that was pretty cool. It was a popular craft. <clears throat> I want to say in like the sixties or seventies at one point, but they were all fabric wrapped. People wouldn't show any of the rope. 
Okay. And then it was only a short-lived thing, and then it kind of went away, and now it's kind of coming back up again. So it's a new craft for most people, including me. I had never seen it before. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have two things I want to mention. One, Ryan, um, when you were – do you have any of the, the pieces that – did you say it's your mother-in-law? Uh, my ex-stepmom. Ex-stepmom. Do you have any of the pieces that she made still? Like, is this something that you look at and, and have kept – or do you have any any experience no, with these kinds no, of things? Um, I think there's a lot more. Yeah, there's more personal stuff into that. So I, I didn't keep any of the quilts, but she did do great work. Like there was a lot of different uh, variety of what she did. Um, it's what I really appreciated too was just the different patterns she would use on one quilt. So like I, if I think back to it, I can picture, you know, all these different, it, the part that always confused me was you get a quilt and all of a sudden there was seven or eight different patterns all squared off together. So it, it was just like each square was a different, completely random pattern, but somehow by the end of it, it all came together and looked amazing. So. Mm -hmm. Different blocks. Yeah. Yeah. The block. Exactly. It was all the yeah. different blocks that she would use. Yeah. What's that mean? So the block is the individual unit inside the quilts, like he was talking about, where they were different shapes and they would be all squared off to the same thing. Um, so the block is the individual small section. And then you put multiple blocks together to make a quilt. Okay. And that's one way to do it. The one that I have beside me right now actually started with a panel of fabric where it was pre-printed. And then I added just borders to the outside of it. Okay, so see, I was always more familiar with the block technique than anything else. I didn't see her do a lot of other quilts, so I'm not even too familiar with that. But the block was something that I'm very familiar with only because that's, I think, exclusively what she did. Yeah. And now, a lot of people will do certain styles each time, but you can see this one. Okay. So the yep. middle part, this white piece, is um, the panel, and then I just added these borders on it. And it's a really simple baby quilt that way. Nice. Also, because, um, you know, short attention span. I can do a, <laughs> I can do this quickly. But also, I did this at a retreat because quilters do a lot of other things. And retreats are one of them. Um, I finished a quilt and got it sent to the quilter because it's queen size. And then I made this quilt. So it was like, did a busy one, took a lot of work, and then did a much simpler one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a break from doing the hard work. Yeah. You know? yeah and I didn't, bring, fun. I didn't bring any of my rote stuff with me to the quilt retreat this time. So I did that instead. Um, the second thing I wanted to ask was uh, behind you, mm -hmm. you have some Canadian flags. Yes. Or at least one. So uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you're in North Carolina representing. Love yep. that. Um, what, what is that just because you're, you're from Canada and you just uh, remembering it or do you incorporate that into any of your patterns or anything like that? I'm like um, Mr. Canada. I absolutely <laughs> super pro Canada. Right. I lived in the yeah. States for a while. I, I lived all over new England and stuff, but you know, this is like super proud Canada guy right here. So when I see a Canadian flag, I'm just like drawn awesome. except if they're on people's cars driving down the road with other signs next to them, which are yeah. somehow really is disturbing that. That becomes a problem for me now. But uh, anyway, sorry. So the Canada flags, this actually the stuff you see behind me, that's my husband's workspace. Um, if you do a video with him, you'll probably, no, you won't see that Canada flag because that's where his computer is at. But um, that is, it is just because we represent Canada. We have um, a, a nameplate on the front of our house and it has maple leaves on it. Um, people know we're Canadian. It's not something we 
don't talk about or anything. Um, I keep buying Canadian fabric. In fact, I have a whole tote of fabric that is Canadian fabric, and I can't cut into it yet. Oh. <laughs> Well, that makes sense. Actually, that, that could that could be a bit of a mental issue, wouldn't it? So it's not it's not bad. I mean, it's like moose and checkers and oh, uh, hockey it like... fabric. It's not. I do have maple leaf fabric, but it like the flag fabric. But it's like Canada based themed stuff. And I have bought Canada patterns, and I have bought <laughs> stuff to do Canada stuff, and I just can't bring myself to cut into the fabric because it's so pretty and I don't want to cut it up yet. That's awesome. So the, um, because it's a Canadian flag, you didn't want No, it. no. I've actually made some I made a little coin purse because when we travel back to Canada we end up with a lot of Canadian coins. So in the car we have my little coin purse with a Canada flag on it. So we put our Canadian money in it for when we leave Canada and then we can just pull it out when we get back to Canada. Cool. Cool cool yeah. thank you. Yeah. That's hey, a lot of questions. Thanks. a lot of Canada stuff. That's pretty cool. So um, now you were obviously you're making a lot of bowls lately, and you've got a couple of quilts there as well uh, that you've got on the go. Um, are you do you do commissions for quilts? Like do do people say you know I'd like a quilt that has this on it? Do you do you do that for people? Yes and no. So <laughs> I I am selective on who I take commissions from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's waving. I'm She was looking up at the time. I was thinking. I was a. Hey. I thought she was waving at me. <laughs> well, 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 both of you, but there's there's a story there. We had lunch with Debbie and Kingston during a snowstorm, which we'll get back to. But with my sister's newborn baby, but yes, um, but she's having another one. I'll be back in Canada for that in August. Um, it's a little further to Kingston now from where I. It's live. a little bit further, yeah. Um. Anyways, so commission quilts. Uh, I am selective on who I take commission quilts from because they can become work. Right. Okay, so if I take a commission, then if they just say, have at it, I just want a queen size quilt in blue. That is easy because that's where my brain functions. I like just going off. I don't, I keep rewriting patterns and stuff and I make more work for myself, but I like to have my own touch on things. I never do, I very rarely do the same thing twice. Um, if I take a pattern that I've bought, I will often alter it somehow. I'll make it bigger, make it smaller, include an extra border, whatever. I so if they let me go at it, it's one, it's no problem. I can make a quilt. That's no problem. But it's when they're like, but I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. And then it starts becoming work. And then I feel like I have a deadline. And so I try not to do commission work. I will take commission work for well for if someone has someone who's passed away, I will do memory quilts and stuff for them, um, especially if they're connected to me, um, like they're my friends, not just Joe's sister passed away. And I'm like, I don't know who Joe is. Um, so it, so there's some personal connection to me um, and good friends or if I have time. And sometimes I say no to good friends just because I don't have time. So if yeah. I said no to you, sorry, but <laughs> no, you didn't, you didn't. I, my problem with a quilt is there's so much work and they're so beautiful. And I, we, we have a couple that were given mm -hmm. to us. I actually got one for Christmas last year. My mom bought it at a, a craft 
thing at, at the home she lives in. But I, I'm afraid to put them out because um, cats and dogs getting, I think I'd be just afraid, so afraid it would get wrecked. So um, I, if, if I give quilts, I want my quilts to be used. My quilts that I give are utility quilts. They're pretty and they're great and I love them, but they, I don't want them sitting in a closet. That's yeah. my thought on yeah. the quilts I give. Some people have the heritage quilts and stuff that they want to keep special and nice and stuff. That's, and that's fine. But for my quilts that I make, I want them to be used. Yeah. So my, I gave my sister a quilt for her wedding and she kept it in the closet. And I'm like, you got to put that on your bed, <laughs> use it. And so she started using it and she loves it and she has not taken it off her bed since. So I'm very glad for that. Um, the other thing is that I don't usually have to say no to people. Because when people ask me about commission quilts, I then give them my price list. And then they're like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> because quilts, quilts are very expensive to make with fabric. And then they take a lot of time. And a lot of people don't realize just how much money goes into a quilt. Yeah. So that I don't usually have to say no to too many people. You, you, you find that in, in a lot of industries, especially when people don't understand the work that goes behind something. And I know I can't remember what we we talked to somebody one one time and they were talking about their prices and how people often will bulk at a price and say, oh, my God, I didn't realize it was going to be that, that much. And there was there was a, I, I see it on TikTok. I still see it to this day. And it's always creators, makers that are doing things. And the slogan is it costs that much because it takes me effing hours. <laughs> yeah. It really does. I mean, to, to put that into it, like I, I think for what you do, a quilt is a labor of love. Um, you love doing it. And to your point, you don't want it to become uh, a job. You want it to still be fun and, and be a hobby, um, yes. which is what I do with my photography. Like I, I try not to sell my services. I like to do right. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I like to go out and do things and shoot things and not have the pressure of a deadline or something like that. So, well, that's I, why I started my, I shoot for me, yeah. right. The exact same thing. The minute it becomes something where you have your deadlines and you have people demanding it to be more specific to their style than your own style. They're not wanting you now. They just want some tool to do their job for them. And it takes the joy out of it. It sucks that whole creativity and spontaneity uh, for me, at least. So, my defense for those people was to create the hashtag I shoot for me, yeah. um, which applies to anything. You know, if I took up quilt making, it would be, I quilt for me, you know, like it would just be my way of reminding people that I am here to do this for my own passion. It's like we do this podcast. Absolutely. Um, I love that it is selective for you. I love that you're able to make it selective. You know, this isn't where you have to say, Oh, I need that. Um, x amount of dollars for for doing this quilt to survive you know you do it because you love it and again that's why we started this podcast to talk to folks like yourself who are doing these things and putting yourself into a position to do what you love to do i love that it's it's not easy to do and mark by the way i think that was red butt ceramics when we had sarah and mike on talking about yes. their yeah. ceramic pottery and things like that yeah, it's just so, so many unique crafters and, and creators out there um and I, I love that you've found the one that the quick gratification outlet with the the bowls and the and the trinket uh, baskets and things that's that's really cool because now you can sort of channel what you love doing into the quilts and and still put that love that you want to and and, and want to make a quilt and uh, and have that quick gratification and you know make a little coin on the side and bonus is the scraps from the fabric can also be used on the bowls so it all works out <laughs> so you're 
zero waste. So you're not only are you creating, but you're <laughs> ecologically friendly as well. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Perfect. How so, do you how do you wash them? I, I was gonna ask you this earlier. We were talking about, you know, use them, put them to use, well, don't just put them in. Yeah, how do you wash one of those? Because you don't want to ruin the work. How how I, durable I is mine in the washing machine? They're pretty good. Um, I machine still stitch mine, so it's not handwork, it's machine done. Um, so you just have more stitches per inch that way. And I throw them in the machine, I do a cold wash and a low on dry. That's how I usually wash them. Cool. And I sometimes will wash them when I first put them in the wash, the very first time, the very first wash, I'll put them in on a warm cycle because then it shrinks everything and then it gets that nice crinkly look from the quilts. I love that crinkly look when it first gets washed. Cool. Perfect. But usually See? my recommendation is just wash on low, wash on cold, dry on low. Just that easy. Cool. Use regular, regular laundry detergent. Yep. I thought they'd be a lot more high maintenance than that. Not, not if you're using them to use them. If you want to preserve a heritage quilt, then there's a whole different method of washing them. But fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. You just put it in a glass case and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> I think Chris has some quilts that her grandmother made, and um, you know, I, I can always I can hear my mother-in-law like, "Don't let the dog lie on that," you know. So. <laughs> happen but the one that my mom gave us for christmas um when we finished the second guest room in the house uh it's going to match the room because we're doing that room with green accents and the quilt is in greens it's beautiful beautiful work so um it's uh, it's going to go on the bed in the, in the second right. room so when you and dave come up to thunder bay to visit we'll, you know. all right hey you never know dave's planning some kind of trip through uh, somewhere i don't know for this summer so he might be calling there, there you go Awesome. As long as it doesn't encompass August the 8th, because I'll be down there at that point. <laughs> <laughs> nope. August 8th, we will be here Perfect. in North Carolina. Excellent. So um, so let me think. We covered uh, we covered quilting. We covered uh, bowls. We covered masks. Yep. And masks covered us. And <laughs> we still do. It's... I'm like Brian. I wore a mask all day today at work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so now you're also a photographer. I'm also a photographer. That is my, what I say is my secondary hobby. I do my other ones first. Um, photography is kind of a bonus, I guess. It's something I have fun with, but I do not put the time or energy into getting better at it. So what I know is what I know, and that's it. Yeah. I do very minimal processing. I take my photos. If they're not right from the camera, then they're just not right. I don't worry about, whereas my husband is a Photoshop guru. So, um, I have taken things to him and said, can you do this to this photo for me? <laughs> but for the most part, I, I'm very minimal on my photography. I just like to take the pretty pictures. Yeah. yeah. And that's, well, you have to now take the record. Sorry to cut you off there, Mark, but Debbie has now taken the record for uh, the longest we've been able to get through an episode with somebody into photography without photography coming up. So loop it into the conversation because also in <laughs> Photography Debbie is uh, one of the hosts of the photography scavenger hunt. Yes, um, okay. That is going on right now, and I, and I have to say, you guys have completely like stuck me with the list. Of, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, I have not touched the list at all yet, so have, it's all right. Now, now I, I I know we can't talk about the list other than to say normally with the list and Brian, we we joked about it last week. I grabbed the list and and I'm like, okay this is the word and i start thinking what's outside the box 
with this list, there's 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 no box. No box. box. Everything is outside the box. It's like it's like it's like you think of a word and it's like (laughs) it's blown up everywhere. So I don't know what to do. Anyways, I'm sure I'll think of something uh, coming up. uh, Oh, you got you got some time. So so how do you um, with with that? Obviously, taking pictures, photography, scavenger hunt as well. Um, and and I know that your uh, your full time job is a mom, right? Because yes. you've got the you've got the two young ones that are uh, they're a lot of fun, and and everybody's. <laughs> I, I'm not saying this because Debbie's sitting here. I've I've had meals with Debbie's family as well, and with with her young ones, and and they're they're very very well behaved. So um, I know you guys have put a lot of work into into your family and making sure that that they're they're getting that attention they they need and deserve. Yes. But uh, how do you fit? all of that into um including the the hosting the scavenger hunt well i'm so i do the photography hunt i am the president of my quilt guild i was a deacon at my church but i'm not right now and like all these things um i don't fit them all in the day (laughs) luckily (laughs) they can take place on separate days um no i just i just do it i don't know how i do it i just do it yeah calendar entries make fun of it it's like you messaged me last night. You, you said we're still on. My calendar just reminded me. I'm like, that's good because mine doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine notifies me the day before anything happens. So uh, it gives you 24 hours to figure out how you're going to get there. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and my brain doesn't work if I don't write it in my calendar. Then it doesn't exist. So I have to put it in my calendar, and that way I can see if I'm double booking things. I very rarely double book things. I have, but it's rare. Because if it's in my calendar, handwritten calendar or digital, um, I prefer the handwritten. But with way life goes, most of the time I find out about things when I'm not near my paper calendar. So I've gone to Google calendars because I can access it anywhere with my phone. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's what I do as well. I just need to figure out the alerts thing on my. Uh... Say, the fact that it alerts you is really handy, so that way I can mm-hmm. be okay. Like an hour, a day before, an hour before, fifteen minutes before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like to live dangerously, and I put it 15 minutes before. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be 400 kilometers from here in 15 minutes. Yeah. Most of my scheduled stuff is usually a year in advance. So I print out one of those off the internet, just like the Mm -hmm. one month with all the days. And I do one for each, and I just staple it. And that's what I use all year. Just write all my stuff down. You got to find find what works for you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a question for you. You I mean, you do a lot of things, and I've noticed there's there's a theme. And that theme is like you you help encourage people to quilt. You help encourage people for photography. Yeah. Uh, you encourage people by being a part of the scavenger hunt. And we haven't really talked about what the scavenger hunt is, but I'm going to quickly um, give the listeners an idea. Essentially, there's a, a list that gets sent out to all these photographers. The photographers look mm-hmm. at the words on the list and create images representing the word. And yes. then at the end of it, um, these photos are submitted and you and the other judges, I guess, will pick the top photos for each category. I don't judge it. Oh, okay. Not at all. Not at all. We have other um, people who judge it, but it's not us. We just we just facilitate the photos getting from the scavengers to the judges and then back again and figure out all the numbering and who wins and all that. But yeah. Sorry. Well, that's important too, because I've run challenges and contests before and to keep track of all that information, having somebody help out with that is invaluable. So we have really an cool. awesome Elizabeth who does all, who does a lot of that um, paperwork behind the scenes stuff. 
an awesome Elizabeth. So is that awesome something Elizabeth. you can pick up at like a, a store? You know, it's like a pocket Elizabeth. Or something? It would be like, nice. It would be very nice if we it. could. Yeah. <laughs> we all need a pocket Elizabeth. Yes. <laughs> and uh yeah she's she's bailed me out a couple of times because she's also a computer guru so well the question comes to what actually inspired you to be this helper of people i know you're a maker of things <laughs> included, but obviously you're a helper of people and, and where did that come from uh, i don't know we'll blame mom on that one um... everybody blames mom for everything <laughs> Usually mom, I blame mom for the bad stuff, but mom told me back when I was in high school that if I was ever in a situation that I didn't want to be in, that I could blame her. And I'm just keep blaming <laughs> her from then on, um, uh, that, I, that I needed to go home or whatever, right. To get out of the situation. Um, so I don't know. I don't know why I just do it. I don't know. <laughs> it's just who you are. You, it's just you who I am. Lived in a giving I environment. I can't help it. It's just in my nature to do. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're doing it because everything from the photos, which obviously I know for a fact has helped Mark in many ways, um, probably more ways than he can even know. Uh, other than that, but with you know being a full-time mom, raising your children is such an important thing. Um, being able to be that person for the community is essential. Uh, communities need people like that. So I thank you for doing it, even though I may not quilt. I think it's great. And I, I appreciate when anybody can step up and do something with just their time, mm -hmm. you know, with their time, just to be able to help somebody else um, do something better. So I really uh, appreciate that. That's awesome. And there's, there's really no um, more personal thing that you can give somebody other than that, than your time. And that's and that for that. We thank you very much for being on this evening. It's uh, yes. you know, for, for you, everything you do for you to give us an hour of your time this evening. That's just awesome. Oh, you're really welcome. I don't, I do, I have time. I not work when I first moved here. I had um, a visa that I was not allowed to work on. Yeah. So I had time. So that's why I started doing things to be part of the community. That's awesome. Perfect. Perfect. We're we're coming up to the top of the hour here, so we have the we have three questions now. One of them you already know um, because it was in the uh, the document that we sent you. If I can just open it here, yeah, but I filled that From out like a garden spider. So it was the 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 question. So that was the there was a weekly challenge for the listeners and the viewers. Do you remember what that was? I don't know. Do something different. Is that what I well, said? Sure. Well, I don't do something different. <laughs> try something new. <laughs> I don't know. That's exactly what you said. You said, take the jump and try new things. I bought a kit and I tried it and I loved it. So yes. I did. Um, they said hi. <laughs> Drink a little tea. That's smart. I know. I sent him a message. I'm like, I'm thirsty. Oh, nice. <laughs> I know. Did he drop one off for me? Mine's empty. <laughs> it will take a little while here. to get there. But, uh, yeah, is right. that right? Oh, I was going to say, I can use a pop-up over here myself. Yeah. <laughs> I just got water. You guys make me feel jealous. This is yeah, water. So, That's sparkling oh, oh, water. Oh, okay. All right, cool. It's water. It's with barley and some other stuff. Yeah, so Debbie's challenge was to try something new. Or as I always like to say, be brave enough to suck at something new. Oh, yeah. That's definitely a good idea. It's always good yeah. to suck at something. Because <laughs> then you can find out what you're good at. Yep. Exactly. 
I had a question I wanted to ask about that. Um, has there ever been anything that you've tried to do and I don't want to say gave up on, but underestimated just how big of a job it was going to be, how big of a task. And you said, I can't, I can't fall through this. Cause I think that's big for our listeners to know as well, that as much as we get passionate about certain things, there's a lot of times where we might take something on and there's no shame in saying, you know what? I, I'm not going to be able to complete this. You know, I'm going to focus more on what I can do and what I'm able to do. It's, you know, one of those, your eyes were bigger than your stomach kind of thing. <laughs> well, I'm looking around. Okay. I'm looking around to see what I have not finished in here. Um, I'm sure there is. I see a couple things that I've only made two of. Hold on. Two of a kind. Two of a kind. Just the two. Oh, no, I couldn't sing that. I don't think we have the copyright clicks. Oh, yes. Be careful. <laughs> so I like doing this, but I have not done many of them. And I just, because they, they take a lot of work. Um, so I made a couple of these girls. So this, oh. for listeners, this is a stuffed doll. And she's very, I don't know. She's pretty. And she's got legs and she's crossed her legs and they're very dancer-like. I'm trying to figure out how to say this as for audio. But she's got movable arms and stuff. And I made two of these. My other one had red hair and I called her Roxanne. And she sits on my mantle upstairs. And But she's only the second one I made. I haven't even finished her face. Okay, I was going to say, like, you know I'm on a cell phone, so it's hard for me to really see. But that thing doesn't have a face, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not no. losing my mind here. <laughs> no, she does not have a face. She has a shaped face. There we go. She has a yep. shaped face with a nose and a chin. Um, but I have not even drawn on her face. So... But she is dressed. She's got a little pretty um, skirt and top on. And Good, I tried to otherwise kinda... this would be an explicit rated show. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried to make her boobs, but it <laughs> didn't really work. I couldn't figure that part out. The other thing that I have done more of, but I have stopped doing it, is making stuffed animals. Um, I make simple, simple stuffed animals, which I don't have an example of. But this is a moose that I was trying to make. So. See the moose, I would want. There yeah, I mean, yeah, so the doll without a face, not as much. <laughs> but uh, so going from where I take patterns and I make them my own, this was actually a mouse pattern to start okay. with. Okay, mouse and moose I, that works. And then so I changed up the face. I made a couple of different ones trying to get the right shape face that would work, that would look moosey. And then I tried to figure out the ant, the paddles, I guess. Um. And there's like a wooden dowel in them to make them stand up so they wouldn't fall over and stuff. So this moose is undressed, but that's okay because it's a moose. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, it's it's kind of got the seated. It can sit, and it's got the movable arms. No, does right. the moose have? So, no, these guys do not have names because they're not done yet. So they haven't told me what their names are yet because they're not done. And they Perfect. just sit on my shelf over there judging me. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, the doll looks incredible, but the lack of a face is freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why she sits there and judges me, because she doesn't have a face. <laughs> and you can can you feel the judgment coming there? Yes. Finish I feel, me. I feel Finish something. Me. It feels more evil than, than judgment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I created her. She's fine with me. So yeah. there you go. perfect. So I'm sure, I'm sure there's other things that I have started that I have said, ah, forget this. Um I decorated wreaths for a while, but it's more just phases for me. It's not that I've said, oh, I can't do this or I don't want to do this anymore. It's more like they phased in and they phased out. I think that's more 
what mine yeah. is. And that's fine. <laughs> I end up with a lot of leftover crafting things because of that, but it's fine. <laughs> I can always pass them on to somebody else if I need to. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Brian, did you have any other questions? No. So far, so good. Yeah. I, I, I missed that and went straight into our last questions there. So no, that's fine. awesome. So the other the other two questions that we have are um, obviously in photography. We, there's always the oh, oh. we're oh, he's already he's got another question. I think it's funny that you know at the beginning of the the three questions you said there's one that you already know. When yeah. we've had two seasons of shows, we've asked the same three <laughs> questions on every episode. <laughs> so we're still waiting for someone to say, "I know the other two. I've watched your whole show." But yes, anyway, great. Right. Sorry, well, I haven't done that. I'm sorry. Not many people have. It's all good. We have one of the six people that watches this regular on as a guest. So yes. if we get one of those six people on, then we'll we'll see. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's it's Aurora's mom, Brian's mom. Uh, <laughs> my mom hasn't watched it. What are you talking about? You know how much trouble I'd be in with the things I've said about mom. <laughs> oh, created six different accounts. That's all that's going on right now, guys. We we all know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. So and we always talk about in the photography world, we talk about like what's in your bag. Uh, but it's it's sort of obviously that's not what we're doing here. But it's what is the tool of the trade? What is the one tool, whether it be physical or not, that you need? Oh, a fabric cutter. So this is called a rotary cutter. So this, of course, goes with rulers and a self-healing mat. So it's kind of like a package deal. But this makes life so much easier. Because you can take the ruler and you can go shoop up the fabric and make a straight line. And you can cut a lot of fabric very quickly. So that awesome. is my first thing when someone says they want a quilt. I say we need to get you a, a ruler, a rotary cutter, and a mat. Perfect. So that's and the now, first thing. Self-healing mat, you said. So when I cut myself with the rotary cutter, it helps Oh, no. Heal. So... <laughs> so it doesn't work that way. Um, the mat heals itself. The rotary cutter will destroy you. Um, <laughs> people have chopped off big chunks of their fingers Ooh. with the rotary cutters because they are super, super sharp. Um, I make dolls out of the fabric with the blood on. <laughs> yes. So yes, that is also the number one rule when I'm teaching someone how to quilt is that after you use, you pull open the blade and then as soon as you're done, you push the blade and you cover it back up immediately. Before you put it down to touch the fabric and move it, you close it before you put it down. Assuming that's uh, a razor blade of types uh, yes. or very, very sharp, yes. So um, think about, I guess, carpet installers and they have their big metal blades yeah. that's similar to this. Okay. So yes, it is a very, very sharp razor blade. I use my doll once to cut paper. I have to get one just for a pizza cutter. <laughs> they, they do have some big ones. They have the one that this one I was showing is a 45 millimeter one. They have little ones and then they have like a 60 millimeter one. Would that be to go through more layers of fabric? Yes. And different types of fabric, uh, um, thicker fabric leather. and stuff you would need to. And then if you're doing little work, then you use the little one because you're usually trying to be precise. So very good. That looks like a really handy tool. Super handy. Um, the other thing that I love, which is not really a tool, is for the people who are watching, I can show you. Um, if I unplug everything. On the 
underneath my sewing machine, I have this, um, someone made it for me with my quilt guild. It was a Christmas present. Um, but it is a thing that sits underneath my sewing machine and it hangs down off the table and it has all these little pockets in it. And that's where I keep um, my pens, my pencils, uh, my little embroidery scissors, my rulers, the remote for my lights, my, oh, this is also something you need when you're um, quilting as a seam ripper. And this, uh -huh. is, this is my, I have a wooden one. I got a very fancy one, but it has all my little doodads like right there in handy. Perfect, so I, right there. Yeah, I love having that. And that comes with me to every retreat. Amazing. So you got some great tools there and then all set yourself up. And of course, for if, I, if you're teaching me how to quilt, there's a box of Band-Aids for when I get that rotary. Yeah, there's start. actually Band-Aids in that um, pouch thing too. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. You never know. Alrighty. And our last question is, what's your jam? What song is it that you can listen to over and over again on repeat that just keeps you motivated, keeps you going and just picks you up if you're down? Oh, I so I'm really bad with songs, names, titles, matching those things up. Um, generally, it's a '90s mix of music that I listen to. Um, but the uh, song that is my earworm that will get me a lot is—is um, is it Goyote? Somebody I used. Yeah, yeah, I used to know. Yeah, yeah, that song gets in my brain and. I have to listen to it. And when I start listening to it, I love to watch the video for it. And I will have that. I can re repeat that a number of times before I move that's, on. That's actually funny because I find as soon as you mentioned the video, the first thing I thought, the first image I have is like, that is basically a quilt. You know, it's different patterns, different designs. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. kind of a really interesting uh, tie in there. Yeah. Yeah. I never <laughs> thought of it that way, but yeah, that is, that is true. It does have that mix of patterns in there. I do love mixing patterns. Um, I got in the car cool. the other day and I had striped shorts on and a polka dot shirt. <laughs> and I turned to Dave and I said, well, I guess I'm mixing patterns today. <laughs> That's a good catch, Ryan. That's pretty obs yeah, uh, observant. That's I'm awesome. not sure if I've ever actually seen the video. I've heard the song. Oh, it's about, fun. But, uh... It's body painting. So it's oh, pretty cool. Okay. Right on. Excellent. Excellent. Well, awesome. This has been, uh, this has been a whole lot of fun. Um, I'm glad you agreed to come on, Debbie. I appreciate you being here. It's definitely something we haven't talked about before. I mean, we had Daniel on who does leather work, yep. which was which was another great conversation that actually aired this morning. And uh, this is another twist to that creative side where I haven't spoken to somebody who does quilting. It's really cool that Ryan knows a little bit about it. Um, I, I, I was so impressed, Ryan, when you stepped up and said, oh, I know about this stuff. I was like, right <laughs> on, dude. I have no clue. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no expert. I'm no expert by a, a long shot. But yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Debbie, for taking the time to be with us. You're welcome. For being here. For everybody listening, um, if you like what you hear, please share. Please like, subscribe. Um, tell your friends about us. If you don't like us, just keep it to yourself. Um, and I think what we'll do is we'll, um, Debbie, I'm gonna we'll put the link to your Facebook store below, if that's okay. Okay, yep. Um, to your uh, Debbie DeMar Maker, maker of things, and uh, the twist on the word maker, which is really cool. Um, yeah, and that's it. So yeah, hope smash that like button. I think that's what the YouTubers say now, Mark. I don't know. I think it's smashing or punching it. It's it's smash aggressive like with the YouTube like button, apparently. We're like, who is this guy? What have you done with Mark? It so was, that's uh, why we're not getting likes, because we're not being Peter McKinnon at the end of every episode. <laughs>
All right, everyone. It's been a great, great conversation with Debbie DeMarco, maker, maker of things. And I hope you have a great week. Take care now. Take Bye. care. Ooh, 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 ooh.